here we are for podcast number 575. <laughs> You've really lost count these days, haven't you? <laughs> What's the next number? 73. 73. 73. Hello, everybody, for podcast number 73. Today, I am in a glass case full of emotion. You are a basket case. Do you know that reference, by the way? A glass case full of emotion. No. Is it literary? It, <laughs> no. It is one of, one of the greatest cinematic movies ever to be made, Anchorman, starring Will Ferrell. Uh, that's probably why I have not seen it. Do <laughs> oh, not, it's so good. I would have known the passage if it was from Shakespeare, maybe. It's one of my favorite all-time movies. He's in a, um, he's in a phone booth, and he's kind of stuck in there, and he's got glass on all sides, and he just screams, I'm in a glass case full of emotion, because he's having a breakdown. Okay, so you are full of emotion and having a breakdown. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. It's been fun. This uh, let's explain to the listeners why we're talking about this. So this well, weekend, my, Michael is full of emotion. He's in a glass case. We don't have <laughs> phone booths, so I had to lock him in the in his office with the next to the window. I'm Ron Burgundy. See, I could have been the anchor man. Um, so today, uh, specifically, we always record on Tuesdays. We're always getting ready for the weekend, obviously, because that's what our week points to. We, we is, live for the weekend. Is the weekend. And this weekend is our final weekend. In Ron Kelly Hall. Which is both incredibly exciting. And very, very challenging and emotional. All at the same time. And sad, I dare say. Yeah. I talked about that last week or even two weeks ago I said it's going to be a sad event and I wasn't there yet no I thought he's crazy because I'm always two weeks ahead of Michael (laughs) we know that's natural but it caught up with you today it did you know what did I was what did it for me so we're going to play a little little montage this weekend of some memories in Roncalli Hall and um in one of the pictures I saw my dad and most of you know my dad passed away in May and we celebrated his funeral here and that just kind of set me off today. And I just started making me think of all the things that we have experienced in this community. And, and really, it's not about the room. I mean, the room is special. It became, it became sacred space because yeah. sacred, sacred things happened there. What's what's maybe on your top two memories of Ron Colley Hall? I'm putting you on the spot. Or maybe maybe not in order, but some of your fondest memories. Maybe Some of my fondest memories. So many, so many baptisms. So many... You've carried around a lot of babies. I carried around. I haven't dropped any yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, so many, so many uh, Easter vigils. I think the Easter vigils rank real, real high. Yeah. Uh, last year, you know, when I what I baptized about eight or nine or ten because the one woman had three kids besides herself. Yeah. It was really beautiful. Uh, in addition, the weddings, the funerals are hard, but they are really holy. They're very holy moments, and yeah. they're they're very close. You 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 create. You receive sort of an intimacy with the family when there's a funeral. True. But then all the Sunday Masses. I, I love the Sunday Masses when we're standing there, uh, when I get to preach and people laugh like they're really enjoying something that's funny, and they don't laugh when I say something serious. It's because I'm holding up a sign that says yeah, laugh yeah. now. It's, see, I can't see the screen, but you probably yeah. have words. <laughs> it's right on the screen. Do you remember the one time I did have that on the screen when I was talking about we had to... Uh, I I had I said it was for the like the financial situation yes. with the church and I, we had the numbers up there yeah and I, I and even said uh, what their directions that they were supposed to applaud or something yeah and that was cute I, I left nothing to chance that, <laughs> that was cute I did a little math today it we're gonna be in there almost ten years it'll have been ten years November twenty third 
Correct. November 23rd, 2008 was the day that we had the first mass in the Parish Life Center. And um, if had we done 10 years of four masses a weekend, roughly, I know that wasn't always the schedule, but between Christmas and Easter and Holy Days and Holy Week, we had over 2,000 just regular masses in that room. So, th- And that means that a whole lot of people yeah. have celebrated mass there very often. And for many other people, that is their first and perhaps only place they have experienced St. John the Twenty Third Parish. Those are my kids. Yes. Yeah. So, of course, exciting things are to come. And uh, for those of you that have either been here from the very beginning when we were at the high school or you obviously joined us when we've been in this building, um, it's just part of the history of the church. And we know that moving into this new church building next weekend, we're starting the next chapter but we're still the same people, and this church is still going to be... The church is the people. I've heard that once or twice And the the readings for the dedication remind us of that. Speaking of the dedication... Let's talk about... We've talked about uh, the dedication mass for quite a bit. We talked about liturgy of the word. We talked about putting the relic in the altar. We talked about the chrism on the altar and on the walls. We talked about the incense and and the holy smoke. The holy smokes. Smokes, not smokes, (laughs) smoke. So today we get to um, the next portion. This is our final installment because guess what? Next week's the dedication mass. Um, The next portion is called the lighting of the altar and the church. And no, we're not setting the altar on fire. That's not part of it. We're not calling on fire. After after the altar is thoroughly cleaned of the chrism, the altar cloth is put on Mm -hmm. and the altar cloths... I should say, put on. The candles and candlesticks are brought to the altar. None of this is there when you start. It's like it's very bare. Yeah. And we will then, the bishop will have a little light from brought to him. A little candle it's, that he'll give it, to the what, deacon. What was that old commercial? Give, I need a, give me a light. Was that a cigarette commercial? I think it was, for, no, it was for light beer or light something. I want a light. Oh, I don't know. It sounds anyway, like a so cigarette that, commercial. That, no. No, it was not a cigarette commercial. <laughs> so anyway, the bishop will ha- will bring him a little light, and he will light a bigger light. Yeah, so the bishop gives the deacon a candle, and the bishop says, very simply, Light of Christ, shine forth in the church, and bring all nations to the fullness of truth. Now, isn't that reflect who we try to be? Mm. You know, We are the light of the world. We are the, the, uh, the tower lit from within penetrating the darkness outside yeah we are the what would i call it the um i don't know i'm not inside your brain nobody's inside my brain right now (laughs) (laughs) is anybody home so then uh the deacon deacon tom will then take that candle and go to the altar and light the candles for the celebration of the eucharist and then any other candles besides the sanctuary lamp which we'll get to in a second are illuminated at that time we're going to be singing the song be the Come light. Come on, baby, light my fire. Uh, I'm, I can't get away with that one. Okay. Otherwise, I think about it. Um, and then from that ritual, we go immediately into the liturgy of the Eucharist. And at that point, a lot of the Mass really takes on its usual characteristics of what we know and love in the liturgy of the Eucharist until after communion, communion. is done. And this is when we, for the first time, we will use the new tabernacle. Which is beautiful. Which at that point has been sitting empty the, with the door open. The And we'll sing, come and knock at our door. <laughs> You're worse than I am. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, by the way, 
I did not initiate that one, folks. No, no you did. But we we will go to the tabernacle, put the host in. The sanctuary lamp is lit at that time. Now, for for those that may be listening and they're wondering what the sanctuary lamp is, would you like? What to... what is the sanctuary lamp? So this you're asking me. I'm I'm going to put you on the spot. I know what it is. I do too. So the sanctuary lamp is a candle that burns inside of every Catholic church somewhere near the tabernacle to indicate that Christ is present in the Eucharist. Very well said, and usually in a inside a red globe of some sort correct so in our church you will see it uh, hanging actually quite beautifully from the wall up in the sanctuary visible inside and outside so if you drive by at night and you look in and you see the red candle burning uh, you you realize the blessed sacrament is there my father had a tradition that whenever we drove past the catholic church and my dad wore a shop cap a lot. He was a mechanic, but he would, he would have a, a, not a baseball hat, but it's kind of a, almost like you'd picture the old railroad men that that kind of hat, yeah, or cap actually. Uh-huh. He he had that. He would wear that most of the time. But whenever we would drive by a Catholic church, he would take it off and kind of uh, tilt his head to the to the church itself, and then put the hat back on. Wow, it, it was beautiful. He never said a word about it. He never explained it. I was never taught to do that. He never told us to do it. It was just something that he did. So when I drive by a Catholic church these days, I at least bow because I don't wear a hat when I'm driving. Yeah, that's good. You you bow your whole body while you're driving? No, just just a little little head head now. A little head. Head now. And I keep my eyes on the road. I I don't make any physical gesture, but I do feel connectedness to a Catholic church. You could could make the sign of the cross as you drive by. Yeah, that would be very simple. Yeah, you know the the when I drive past a Catholic church, I feel as though whether it's in this diocese and I know people at that church, or I'm out of town, I drive past a Catholic church and I think, wow, that's part of my family. Yeah, it's part of my community of faith, and I it, I do think about the presence of the Eucharist there. It, it's just kind of a common or kind of a cool commonality that we we share with other parishes. Okay, back to the dedication mass. So we've gone through the whole mass pretty well. Yeah. So it starts at 5. It will be over by, they tell us, 2 hours and 15 minutes. I'm predicting 2 hours and 43 minutes. Because of your comments at the end? or Yes, I've got, uh, I've got 20, <laughs> 27 minutes of comments <laughs> after communion. No, it's going to be very, very brief. It'll be nice. Actually, I, I, have, I have several things prepared. Depends on what the bishop says in his homily. As to, I don't want to repeat him. Got it. Or one up him. Oh, I can't wait to hear what the final and version that, is. That means I have to stay awake during his homily. <laughs> that, oh, Bishop, well, if you're listening, Bishop, I always listen to you. You're I, you're a good homilist. I don't think he's listening. You don't have to worry. But about but him. he is a good homilist. He's a very good homilist. Okay, moving right along. We also this week have Church 101. I'm really excited for these. They're going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, Sunday at five o'clock. Correct. And Monday at seven o'clock. Correct. That's uh, October 7th and October 8th. You want to say in a nutshell what that includes? Yeah, we wanted to have these events before we had the dedication mass to give everyone an opportunity to come in and get used to the church so that when you come in for your first mass, whether it's at the dedication mass or opening weekend, uh, you feel at least a little bit settled in the space. Uh, But also so we can talk about this is why the artwork is where it is, why we chose, made many decisions about different uh, features of the space. We also want to do some singing in there uh, so you can get a sense for what the music's going to sound like and so that we can continue to make some tweaks on the, the mixer, mixing board and things like that. And, and 
as an extra incentive for Church 101, I decided today we are going to premiere our commissioned piece at Church 101. Oh, that'd be beautiful. We have a piece of music that was written specifically for October 11th. For our dedication. Which yes. actually I have not yet heard. I played a little for you. I it know. must have been forgettable for you. Well, it was just you on the piano me, yeah. <laughs> humming a little bit. Oh, that was nice. Uh, so anyway, we're going to premiere this piece, one, because I want you to hear it before the dedication mass, so maybe you can sing along. Uh, it's cool. I, it's, it, it strike, I don't want to say too much about it. It strikes a very comfortable theme that is important to this church. That's all I'll say. We'll, yeah. we'll leave the rest for this. But that, that's great incentive. The incentive I've given people is you can come and find your own place to sit, stand, and kneel. That's right. Uh, speaking of kneelers, I had somebody, tr- I told them Sunday, this is the Cadillac of kneelers, and they t- they tried it out, and they said, you were right. And I said, not only are, can you kneel on them, because some churches, they don't come out far enough to yeah. kneel. They also said, they're so good on your knees. You, your knees start smiling. We're going to start sending therapy bills to people for that. <laughs> All right, so lots coming up in this week. But, of course, as we said at the beginning of the podcast, this weekend we have the honor of saying farewell to Ron Colley Hall. And we're, we're doing it in style with a wonderful, powerful, incredible reading from Chapter 10 of Mark's Gospel. And you will recognize parts of this uh, from past years, but parts of it from weddings. Are you using the long form or the short form? I think I'll probably use the short form. Okay. Because the first part is about marriage. The second part, which is optionally uh, left out, is what we just talked about, let the children come to me. So maybe before I read Mark, I should say a little bit about Genesis. The first reading is chapter two of Genesis. Mm -hmm. How how many chapters are there of Genesis? A lot. But if you were in chapters one and chapter two were stories of creation. And we know those pretty well. But hear it like you've never heard it before. And this reading we hear a lot at weddings. That's what I said about the gospel too. Oh, well, let's keep going. <laughs> yes. It, uh, you know, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a suitable partner for him. So the Lord God formed out of the ground various wild animals and various birds of the air, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called each of them would be its name. The man gave names to all the cattle, all the birds of the air, and all the animals, but none proved to be a suitable partner for the man. So the Lord God cast a deep sleep on the man. (laughs) Sound effects. (laughs) And while he was asleep, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. The Lord God then built up into a woman the rib that he had taken from the man. When he brought her to the man, the man said, This one at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of her man this one was, has been taken. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife, and the two of them become one flesh. Now keep that last line in mind. Because when we jump to the gospel, it's a question. It starts off, the Pharisees approach Jesus and ask, is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? And then the very next line is? Jesus saying to No, them, before Jesus. Oh, they, they were testing him. They were testing him. They didn't really care. They were testing Jesus. Yeah. He said to them in reply, what did Moses say? And Moses permitted a husband to write a bill of divorce and dismiss her. But Jesus said, 
because of the hardness of your hearts, he wrote you that commandment. But from the beginning, now here it goes to Genesis. Mm -hmm. It goes back to that first reading. But from the beginning of creation, God made the male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one. So then, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. Now, in the new rite, R-I-T-E, the new rite of marriage, which we've had since December of 2016, there's a new translation. After the couple says the vows to each other, mm -hmm. I put my hand on theirs. What God has joined together, let, let no, no one, one put, put asunder. asunder. And I said, a what? Asunder. I, we've never used that word. Don't you use it with your kids? Never. I don't, I don't, still don't know what it means. It means ripped apart. Let no one tear it apart. So if it's one like, of your, if it's you, like the if consubstantial one, of a wedding. If, if <laughs> one, if one, if one of your kids tears something apart, you could say, what did you do? You asunder, who asundered this, uh, this picture? <laughs> I'm going to use it tonight. And they'll say, what did you say? Asunder. Let no one put asunder. Therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. In the house, the disciples questioned Jesus again. He said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Okay, so this is really a challenging passage. I was just going to say that. This is, this is a tough topic for a lot of people, for sure. Well, I know that we have lots of people who struggle in marriage. We have lots of people who perhaps are divorced, maybe people separated, maybe people who are remarried, mm -hmm. and everybody has somebody in their family who, who goes through this. Sure. So the main thing, as I look at it, is not simply about divorce and remarriage. Mm -hmm. I think one of the problems we have is we think of divorce, marriage, in isolation of the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is a relationship. And not just a relationship between God and man, or I'm sorry, uh, between a man and woman, but the relationship between God and humanity. Mm. So in Genesis, it's really a story that God says, I'll be your God, you be my people. It's the covenant. Mm -hmm. In the New Testament, it's the covenant. The marriage between a man, man and a woman is merely a reflection of the relationship bet between God and the human. Well, we, we even dare to say that the church is the bride of Christ. Yeah, we do. And in the rite of marriage, going back to the ceremony, in the rite, it basically, um, actually, it's not in the written part. It's not in the, the the right, it's in the paperwork that the couple signs before they get married. Mm -hmm. uh, we ask that they ask them to repeat a phrase, and the phrases are, you know, I will accept this person for life. I will uh, choose to respect them and honor them. And it says, and I will treat them as, as God treated the people in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So it uses God's relationship with the people. God is ever faithful, and that has to be a model for both men and women in marriage. It's really about a story of fidelity. How do you remain faithful? And fidelity is not static. You know, couples are, a happy marriage does not mean they are the same 50 years later as they were when they married. Yeah, They've changed, but they change together somehow. They continue to grow in understanding. Even as I was looking through our wedding photos today, 
because yesterday was our wedding anniversary. So it's only been eight years, but it's been a great eight years. But a lot has happened in that amount of time, you know. Well, and I, I was looking at, you know, the the couple that which is me and my wife, Claire, uh, in the picture thinking, wow, who would have thought like eight years from now, this is where, you know, we didn't know either one of our children at that point. Um, life was so different. But well, you didn't, you know, you knew for better, for worse, richer, for poorer. You did not know uh, the things like your father's death, for example. Right. You did not know that you'd be on your third house. Right. Still with the same pastor. Ugh. Oh, see, some yeah. things don't change. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah the mean, same job too. The right? same, jo- the same <laughs> job. But uh, I mean, a lot of joyful times. I, I I'm excited for this weekend. Um, we're singing for the very first time, actually, at St. John the 23rd, a version of Song of Songs, Set Me as a Seal on Your Heart, that Matt Marr wrote. We're gonna, I'm going to do it during communion because it can be a little bit more meditative. Uh, but I think it's a beautiful image of that relationship between God and humanity and between man and woman. The, the whole thing of falling in love. Can we fall in love with God? We should. I hope so. I, a lot of the great saints... They, they use the, the very intimate images of husband-wife type images for their relationship with God. Even, you know, you talk about the two becoming one flesh. It very, has very Eucharistic overtones as well, that when we receive Jesus in the Eucharist, that he becomes fully one with us and we become fully one with him. I, mean, I think our sacramental theology kind of overflows from one sacrament yeah. to the next. They're all connected, and that's why it's so beautiful when both parties are Catholic. They receive, they celebrate the, the rite of marriage and receive communion together. Hey, this is great. This is going to be a good weekend. Uh, beautiful scripture readings. Let's have and, and if you see Michael crying too much up at the <laughs> piano, uh, bring up a box of tissue. I'll be, uh, I'll be soaking my miseries in... I don't know, in music, I guess. (laughs) Amen. Amen. See you guys.